Hello, friends. Welcome to the Thicket and Thistle podcast. Just in time for the holidays, we are joined by special guest and erotic audiobook celebrity, Will Watt, as we follow the supernatural exploits of Ebenezer Scrooge. Starring Michael Caine, the 1992 Muppets adaptation of Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol does indeed bless us, everyone. I heard that mold wine is one of those east-west thing where it's like said like mold wine mold wine <laughs> but i'd say like mold, mold like mold or mold yeah i yeah. Mold. definitely pronounced it mold as in like there's growing mold yeah, Me too. yeah, yeah. old 100%. wine Ooh. what would you say well mold yeah <laughs> mold Mold. You just said it longer than I did. <laughs> Mold. Mold. Yeah, um, my, that type of wine sounds like it's either growing fungus or has stopped growing hair. <laughs> a lot of people in Europe call it glue vine, which makes it sound a little bit nicer, maybe. So you can call no. it you think of a horse factory. I think that sounds worse. <laughs> like, whew. very Animal Farm. Mm. <laughs> That's the worst part of that book. That made me like, I. that's honestly the only thing I remember about that book. I'm like, Animal you know heart. what book I hated? The one about where they send the horse to the glue factory, the dumbass pig. Uh, there was something that clicked in me when I read Animal Farm. So I usually like, it took me forever to read books and Animal Farm, I kid you not, I read in one day. I, I like we were handed it in, in first period. I started in first period. So it wasn't like really quick, but like, we were handed it in first period and then I like went home and I remember just like not doing any homework and just like reading that entire book. <laughs> I hated that book. I've not been able to do it since. It is maybe worth pointing out that it's only about 150 pages. <laughs> yeah, it's not like- Not to oh. say, I, I don't think I've ever read 150 pages in a day. That's not saying anything about you. It's not like it's Tale of Two Cities that's, you know, 500 pages or whatever. Sure. That was the best of times. That was the worst of times. <laughs> <laughs> Although I will say that I love, I, of, of, all the, like, of all the like the Dickens books, Tale of Two Cities was the one that I read. Every like every grade we were supposed to read something by Dickens and I didn't do it. I'm gonna read this one again. <laughs> the only one that I read was Tale of Two Cities. Lame. I mean, like, you know, I read Great Expectations and Nicholas Nickleby, but Spark Notes helpful helped out. Yeah, I read them. <laughs> I qu air quote read them. I think I think a few of us um read oh, wow, books wow. in high school. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I my book that like I didn't read any of them in high school, but the one book I just devoured for whatever reason. Actually, I had two. It was of mice and men <laughs> and Lord of the Flies. Oh, <laughs> oh my god, Lord, Lord of the Flies is such a good read, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Speaking of literary greats, <laughs> hello. Let's talk about the Muppets. Dude, uh, the Muppets are so fucking good. I, I love. I had like forgotten. It's, I will die. For the Muppets. <laughs> I yeah. will never forget. I there, there are a couple of Muppet movies that I'm all about that I'll go back to again and again and again. This one included. Mm. And there are some that I don't. And there are some that I've seen once and I'll never watch again. But it doesn't mean I didn't think that they were fucking great, you know? 
I dreamed last night that I accidentally watched Muppets Treasure Island instead of Muppets Christmas Carol. <laughs> oh, and then no. I woke up being like, oh, I want to watch that one. No, but coming, <laughs> coming to you season two, it's already on my season two list, Muppets Treasure Island. Oh, that movie's so good. We haven't even done the original Muppet movie, which is so fantastic too. <laughs> great, great. Coming I love- to you season two. <laughs> yeah, every season's going to have a Muppets episode. Season two, all Muppets. <laughs> 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 but, but you guys it's christmas time Woo! merry christmas oh, we love christmas merry christmas Happy that sounded holidays. sarcastic but that's just my voice i really love christmas yeah and i'm not recording this wearing a tank top <laughs> no. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is recorded live on christmas eve we are not talking to our families we are just only here for you guys talking about the muppets christmas carol and that's... the ghosts that are taking us through our past presents and futures obviously 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 thanks for tuning in thistles we are not alone this week we have a guest will what? Oh, hi. Will we is are not alone. <laughs> no, no one is alone. Ah, <laughs> um... uh, yes, I'm hanging out with Theatin. Uh... <laughs> Will I'm is not. a uh, 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 not only a fan of Thicken and Thistle, we've also relied on his uh, craftsmanship a lot in a couple of our recent projects, and also happens to be yeah, and also happens to be my roommate. And we live in a beautiful art palace in East Harlem. A beautiful art palace. <laughs> oh, it is a palace. It's more of a plant so palace currently, though. There's a lot of plants. We have this big rooftop <laughs> atrium that's like a big greenhouse for for reference. Um, and it's beautiful and amazing and gets tons of sun, but like pretty soon it's not going to be beautiful and amazing and get tons of sun because it will just be like a dense forest. But so... maybe around harvest time, it'll look like right? the ghost sun... of Christmas presents room. Oh, <laughs> oh boy, what a bad Segway. Segway. <laughs> Is there a tour oh coming through? I see a Segway. <laughs> But wow, what what a detailed oriented brain you have. I used to love the Muppets. I watched the Muppets tonight all the time. And I hadn't seen anything Muppets in a really long time. And this movie reminded me within like the first couple lines where Gonzo and Rat uh Rat Rizzo. Uh, Rizzo, geez. He's my favorite character, too. And We're I just like Gonzo about and Rat. Gonzo and Rat. <laughs> I cannot wait to dive into talking about these two Marys. So when he's like, you know, I'm Charles Dickens. And he's like, no, you're not. And he's like, I know Charles Dickens like the back of my hand. Prove it. describing the back of his And he's hand. like, ah, oh, there's a little oh, mole. I was like, God, uh, the Muppets are so good. And there's so a good. scar in the shape of a star from when I fell once. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also very gentle humor as well, isn't it? Oh, like, it is. It's a very it's kind very of like... Oh. Mm-hmm. It's, it's something that's family it. friendly, you know? Yeah. That was right. always a safe bet when the entire family was around. Yeah. You don't watch The Last Holiday. You watch Muppets Christmas Carol. <laughs> <laughs> right it's happy it doesn't it doesn't feel like toothless either it doesn't feel like mm-hmm. i'm like oh this feels like watered down comedy it's right. just warm and inviting and accessible <laughs> it does something wonderful i think in that it it's a very difficult niche to to like get into accurately like there's so many ways to fuck it up but they occupy cool uncle like 
the mm. sense of humor of the Muppets, <laughs> like the whole kind of like that's like why we slight, love it. They're slightly aspirational, but they've also like they're coming strong with the dad jokes, and they know they're kind of cringe, but they're self-aware enough that like it's kind of cool. Like they they nail the cool uncle like aesthetic. <laughs> I guess. I love that you said that about the Muppets because we always talk about how Thicket and Thistle's niche is cool ants. So obviously, yeah. we're, perfect, we're a perfect blend. The Muppets yeah. and Thicket and Thistle, wow. which would be you a yeah, combination. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, listeners, if you're looking to be like, who could I tell this that I listen to this weird podcast about movie musicals? Find your cool aunt and tell them. They'll be like, oh, I get this and I enjoy this. Love Not that. enough cool love aunt. That. You know. Distract their husband with some Muppets DVDs. You'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so before before we start talking, because I'm so excited to talk about all of these characters. Um, um, before we get into any of that, I want to hear like, what is your experience with the Muppets Christmas Carol? Do you remember your first time? Have you watched it so many times that they're all bleeding together? Has it changed over the years for you? Is this the first time you've seen it? That also is a possibility. I'm trying to remember if this is the first, like, I'm sure that I saw it as a kid because I loved the Muppets, but like, I don't remember this movie at all. Are you kidding me? So like you were watching this and you weren't quoting along. No, but I wished I was because it was so good. Oh my goodness. That's what, so Will and I watched it together today and it was so much fun, like just sitting next to somebody who was also quoting it. And so I'm like, okay, good. I'm not a weirdo. Who I like, hate that. Quotes. I hate when other people do it when I'm watching a movie with them. Like it's the most obnoxious thing ever. But this movie I feel is like my safe pass where I'm allowed to do that. Cause... Yeah. It's a safe place. And the things that we were quoting weren't like the long lofty themes. It was like, and even for us Mises. <laughs> <Right. laughs> oh, it's like the best line in the movie. I do think it's like a total testament to the Muppets though that I was like maybe this is like this isn't something I grew up knowing really well and I enjoyed it so much today I was like this is a very funny movie so once again Muppets amazing Sam for me uh the Christmas Carol in general was kind of the Christmas story I was I was not into I didn't really I didn't grow up with it or whatever Mm -hmm. It wasn't until like later, um, Kyle and I used to live in an artist commune in Portland where there was this guy who did a one-man Christmas kit. Oh, so Ooh. good. Philip Burns. Shout out Shout to Philip Burns. Uh, amazing performance. Amazing. I would, And then when I moved to New York, I would still come back for Christmas. And of course, like one of the only shows on is going to be Christmas themed. If I'm going to go to one, it's Philip Burns' One Man Christmas Carol. So <laughs> until I saw the Muppets do it, which was like, a, I think it was last Christmas was the first time I'd ever seen this movie. So this was my second time ever seeing the movie. It, it's just amazing to see. The, and I've loved the Muppets my whole life. Um, not like a, I didn't watch like the Muppets show or whatever growing up. But anytime the Muppets come across your path, it's a good time. I was more of a, um, uh, what's that movie with Puppet the... Rudolph. <laughs> That's no, it's a, it's a Wonderful Life or an uh-huh. Elf Household. Those are our uh, two big hmm. Christmas movies. Oh, I mean, wow. Christmas Story, which is a sad one. Um, but yeah. Christmas Story scares me. It yeah, scared it me is as a kid. dark Christmas movie. For sure. Elf, Elf is is also like a, I have like three movies in rotation during Christmas and it's Muppets Christmas Carol, Elf, and then the Claymation Rudolph. Yeah, Claymation Rudolph, Love Actually in the Holiday for me. <laughs> Kyle, what about wow. you? <laughs> when did you realize you were an Ugg boot? Like... <laughs> <laughs> How 
dare you? Oh my god. Hey, I will I'm say I'm the first to say I am a basic bitch. <laughs> it is so Drag. nice bringing on people to totally roast Juliana. Like I think this is a great tradition. <laughs> Kyle, what's I up with Muppets Christmas Carol? You guys are the dicks. <laughs> I saw it, I think, for the first time when I was like eleven. I love this movie. It's uh, and Michael Caine is so good in it. I feel like he's mm. such a he. He plays Scrooge just so serious, and and the world of the Muppets is so crazy that it, it all just sort of ends up working together a lot. I used to go and see the the stage version of A Christmas Carol in Cincinnati, um, semi regularly. They had a good one that was like right down the street from where I grew up. Was they it like have an a, annual around Christmas time every year tradition thing? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That seems to be like super hot over here. Like people yeah. love doing that. Yeah. Like mm, seasonal play of a Christmas carol. Ooh. Oh, by yeah. over here, do you mean the United States? Co- correct. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's like how dance companies do the Nutcracker. That's like theater companies do a Christmas mm-hmm. carol. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. It makes sense. That that along is is along like the lines of my exposure to Christmas Carol, like the Muppets. First off, like I feel like I've been watching the Muppets since I was a child because my my parents were like, oh well, the Muppets is safe, um, and so you know we can let him watch Baby Muppets. I've watched all the Muppets movies. I I clung on to Muppets Treasure Island and Muppets Christmas Carol. The Christmas Carol story to me is just it carries like the magic of Christmas with it, and I like every year. So Kyle, very similar in in Houston. The Alley Theater every Christmas does a, a two month long production of A Christmas Carol with by a different director. And then of course, I mean this movie, it just like is always on in Christmas time, sometimes right after Halloween. <laughs> yeah. Oddly enough. <laughs> uh, Will Will, what about you? What's what's been your experience uh with with Christmas Carol Muppet style. So I kind of grew up with it, to be honest. I think we had it, you know, back in the day when VHS was the only way that you could mm-hmm. watch things, mm-hmm. maintain things from the past. Um, I think we had a VHS <laughs> where we'd like recorded it off the TV. And so, and but like we had like a million VHSs like scattered the around original the original piracy. Like, in Mount- <laughs> right? <laughs> But it wasn't because it's legal and it's totally allowed and it's mum. And I have a feeling that like, it was always a bit of a minefield. Like sometimes you'd like go for an old favorite. I remember being like absolutely torn apart when Mary Poppins got videoed over with like a Formula One race or some bullshit. Oh, like, oh. my! Um, I have like PTSD from trying to put in my hook VHS, and my dad and sister had taped it over with an episode of South Park. Oh god! Oh, so mad. Oh, Good keeping call. it keeping it on theme i did a christmas musical at my church in which i was the lead and i brought it to my <laughs> grandparents place it. and my grandpa accidentally taped over it my christian traditional conservative grandpa taped over uh, it accidentally air quotes with the anna nicole smith show so saturday <laughs> oh morning I read. so so like the plan was friday night we showed up i put i prepared the videotape in the recorder or whatever uh, uh so i preloaded it on friday night and then saturday morning the plan was after breakfast to ring the entire family around who didn't get to travel in to see me perform the lead in this musical and my grandpa overnight had recorded the anna nicole smith show <laughs> <And> so <laughs> 
<laughs> and so all That's of us were gathered like, around and it was cringy. like and we were watching Anna Nicole Smith like trying to tie a knot on a boat and being like oh, <laughs> what are we doing <laughs> put that camera away <laughs> uh, sorry we're to take us way off track but that's a Christmas memory of mine <laughs> how, how beautiful Christmas. I'm thinking about it now I I'm, rem- I'm remembering this was one of the prized few movies that actually wasn't on a pre-recorded VHS so it's made that whole conversation completely worthless but uh, um, <laughs> it was in fact <laughs> that's two minutes I'll never get back god damn it um it was in fact one that we had on the actual video, which was rare because like my mum wasn't, she wasn't about buying us VHSs. Like that wasn't her game. She didn't want to encourage us watching television or anything like that. She used to wa- lock the television in our attic. But <laughs> this movie I have watched since childhood over and over and over and over and over and over again. And then my two best friends from high school moved to America when I was, uh, when, when we left high school. And it was, there's always this like point of reference between us because I used to go and visit them. And I lived in the UK and we always always watch it together. Um, and we would always discuss it because there's a lot to discuss. It's, it's <laughs> a great movie. It's dense. <laughs> then when I moved over here, they moved back to England and it always reminds me of them, which is Aww. nice. But yeah, I think it's, it's, I think it's one of just the most perfect movies ever. I think it's. I love that you've just spent like 20, 20 years like rehearsing for this podcast. I have very basically. So I'm here. I've arrived. Like, (laughs) ask me anything. I sat next to Will and I was taking notes and Will took no notes. He was like, no, I know this musical. I'm ready to talk about it. I'm ready. I am good too. So should we dive in? I mean, where to even... I'd love to talk about how great the overture is and the fact that it has an (laughs) overture with that amazing panning shot over the like simulated London rooftops. Mm. The whole thing has this like amazing sound to it that sounds like the Samaritans kind of Christmas band. And like it sets that up really well because it's that like that like brassy kind of like refrains from all of the different songs being done on like a a brass band and i don't know Mm. i think it's dope it's great what a brilliant opening yeah who who did the music for this uh paul williams Uh, do we know paul williams brother (laughs) (laughs) do we know if they came up together and then they broke up and had separate uh, careers um Yeah, Paul Williams did tons of stuff. He did the Muppet movie. He did Bugsy Malone, Phantom of the Paradise, which is a strange fever dream. Um, He's amazing. And I think he adapts very well to this uh, genre of uh, Christmas brass band music. I do think uh, using the word warm is such a good way to describe the whole thing like it is the humor is that way but like the music is all really sort of like warm feeling too Mm, it's very even the even the ghost song is just like warm and fun yeah Uh there's something about like the the french horn with the sleigh bells i think there's some like well-placed oboe as well like yes really like sweet like i love a well-placed oboe (laughs) me too come see me on tuesday oh boy (laughs) and yeah it manages to be very kind of like rich without using kind of the type of orchestration that you would expect to, you know, evoke richness, like, you know, big lush string sections or anything like that. It sounds like it could be being played by some marching band, like walking by outside the door. And yeah, there's so very, many very... fun, like, 
medleys of Christmas carols just like woven in jauntily mm-hmm. throughout the whole score. I think they yeah. do a great job with that. <laughs> definitely, it like definitely sparks that recognition and like, and you get that kind of through the movie as well, like in little moments where you'll see people like singing part of a Christmas carol and it's nice that they kind of, that they put that in there as like a motif. One of my favorite moments in the whole movie is when the little homeless bunny, the homeless bunny, <laughs> sings Good King Wenceslas. Rightly shot the mood. That cute night. <laughs> I love the homeless bunny. <laughs> He's adorable. And then we have a great opening number. This opening oh, number of so like, good. it's literally like the entire story is around like Scrooge's experience. So why not like the first thing we need to do is like see what the outside world says about him. I love that we don't see his face until the very end. We just get this ominous like two feet and a cane and everybody like shrieking and trying two to shut her away and a him. Michael cane. <laughs> <laughs> I I alluded it to a bit earlier, but like this is one of the songs that I like to sing along to, not because I necessarily know all of the words in the verses or like the chorus, but I know the the taglines of like what we're singing, or even for us Mises. I rodents in this movie are definitely the best things. We did Team America, right? We've done one other puppet thing before. Well, that was marionettes, I guess. Mm -hmm. Like. Um, the scope of London here, how how all the Muppets have costumes that are mm-hmm. perfectly appropriate mm-hmm. for their theme and environment. You know, the fact that we have like little singing vegetables and like little birds over here. It's just like the whole world is just come to life with puppet magic. It's very cool as well how it's blended with what the humans are doing as well. And like you say, like the costumes in particular are incredibly detailed and like mm-hmm. really like lush and huge and like particularly like the stuff that the women are wearing with all of these huge fluffy dresses and like their big headdresses and like what are they called hoods and all of that malarkey bonnets. and then like bonnets, that's it. A bonnet. <laughs> Oh, I feel like I should invest in a Victorian bonnet. I feel like it might keep me nice and roasty during the winter. Um, I feel that for you. I love right? that journey for you. I think it will look super cute. Um, I'm an Ugg. <laughs> <laughs> I think that cats should have taken a history lesson from Muppet's Christmas Carol, because even though the ratios, when you really start to think about it, don't add up, in each of the scenes, how the puppets are placed and how the camera angle, like where the camera angle is at, it works. The way that they, they made the set and, and agree with the actor is that Michael Caine was literally walking around on planks. Like he had very small planks. So the puppeteers <laughs> were standing around him, which I, I just find fascinating. Michael Caine is, is such a great actor. I read today that before he agreed to take on this project, he told the director, he was like, I'm going to do it, sure, but I'm going to treat these Muppets like they're not Muppets. Like, I'm going to be like, I'm not going to see this as a magical world that I'm excited to live in. Like, he's like, no, these Muppets are going to be like a bane of my existence. And I'm not going to, and I'm not going to be excited about living in this magical world in which puppets and humans cohabitate and the vegetables sing. (laughs) And and I think that makes the movie so grounded. Mm. because his performance is still so grounded and sincere 
and it's not living in this like super extra world and it's weird because it doesn't it, it doesn't feel incongruous at all mm-hmm. because he he's doing this very sincere but it totally fits in with what i it's it's a, it's a masterpiece <laughs> it truly you is. don't you don't have to go really far down the cartoon rabbit hole of being a scrooge when the base reality is happy happy muppets right yeah. And so when he plays it like pretty real, it it, it is it's a realistic uh, change of heart someone could have. I feel like in one uh-huh. evening because he he plays it so real. You guys are so right. He is the grounding. I think Michael Caine grounding this movie makes it like a Christmas classic. And yeah, like, it gives it so much like heart, which we love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I think that's amazing as well because I think what the Muppets do so well in their representation of weird and wonderful it's something that sesame street does as well like sesame street represents diversity by having a bunch of different size and shape and color beings on tv all loosely getting along with each other but like going through some like tough or tragic or silly times but like at the end of the day all being part of a larger community and you know getting on with it and being friendly and being being decent and I think that the Muppets takes a lot of that as well. Like you see all of these kind of like cartoonish, weird caricatures in all of these all of these different characters that you've got. But you can imagine them being kind of like the embodiment of people, right? Like a, a, a cartoon mm. character of them. And I think that it's really interesting that he plays it so straight and stoic. And part of what makes it so magical when he comes round in the end is like, of course you want to be part of this kind of like larger, like community whole of like weird and wonderful and like odd people that are around you because like, that's what life is. Like it's full of mm. odd, weird and wonderful people. I love the, I love the adaptation of this story so much. We, we, I, for me, a Christmas Carol is like I was saying earlier, like so much a part of my Christmas tradition is like every year I do something Christmas Carol-y. Oh, I don't, I can't believe I missed this nuance. Last year I saw Christmas Carol on Broadway. That was the um, the production that they brought over from the UK. That was the Harry Potter, the Cursed Child uh, team did a version of uh, Christmas Carol, and believe it or not. Because we haven't said her name in a couple of weeks, Andrea Martin was in it as the ghost of Christmas past. And she was great. (laughs) She also, it was, it was actually a production that I think we would all, we would have all really enjoyed seeing because it was all actor musicians. And so at the opening, the opening scene, they all sang Christmas carols and the actors were playing the instruments and Andrea Martin had the triangle. (laughs) (laughs) Like your dream. Well done, her. They chose Gonzo to play Charles Dickens because they were like, who in our Muppets cast of characters would just not ever play Charles Dickens? It's got to be <laughs> Gonzo. And then having Rizzo as his, uh, little, as his little best supporting actor. I love Rizzo chorus. so much. I I love Rizzo was giving me such like newsies vibes and yes with his little hat and like the way there's a one time when Gonzo calls himself omniscient 
<laughs> and this is my favorite line in the movie when Rizzo's like, yeah, you're some kind of hoity-toity godlike narrator being, storyteller guy. <laughs> <laughs> and I just love him so much. I think he's so, and I think it's so cute that he's always hungry. I love when he he's gets frozen and he just smashes him against a table to <laughs> crack the ice. They're a uh, very good duo, aren't they? The not, the or, like, like, the lamp, not the tail, light the lamp! Not the lamp, not the rat, light Probably the lamp, one of my favorite moments in the movie is when he's like so scared of jumping from the fence and then he's like, oh, I forgot my jelly beans! <laughs> he just climbs back yeah. through. I mean, like, you are the way... So the way Jim Henson and this whole team create um, the the Muppets and how effective the takes to the camera are, it's just such, it's like such perfect clown or comedia, like you were saying. I think um, they do a great job as well of having watched this movie from childhood. I can remember that like, it's really scary. Like there's moments like the bit mm -hmm. where like the, the knocker on the front door of Scrooge's house when he gets home and the, the knocker kind of transforms into it this screams kind of at him. moaning face. Yeah, like used to absolutely scare the shit out of me as a child. <laughs> and like- That was very bit, labyrinth. Right? Oh my goodness. And then the bit with the ghost of Christmas future, like obviously, like I used to hide behind the cow but obviously Rizzo and Gonzo do this amazing job of kind of like bringing you back to this happy place and they feel very safe and like you know they, they'll show up at the end of a, a, a scene and they acknowledge it as well at the end where they're like we told you we'd come back like after the sad bit and like <laughs> they provide that really that that nice kind of like haven that like buoys you through the whole story Mm -hmm. um, um, I love the 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 Rizzo line when uh, Gonzo uses him to clean the window, and he goes, "Thank you for making me a part of this." <laughs> I mean, that reminds me a lot of Nate from Death Cruise. I mean, like, I'm just so glad yeah. to be invited. <laughs> Speaking of that moment, the rat bookkeepers are just oh, so key in this. They're movie. amazing. They're so funny. The rats always have, like, in all of the Muppets movies, though, they have, like, all of the, like, best little, like, throwaway one-liners and, like, silly mm -hmm. little phrases. And, like, they have this little bit at the beginning where they're like, our pens have turned to insicles, our assets are frozen. When they're yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, or their whole, like, cleaning up bit during Kermit's song. Oh, yeah. God. But like this one of them is like steaming himself inside of like the the like <laughs> long burning fire or whatever. Like <laughs> <laughs> so cute. I love it. So uh, there's something that I've been wanting to bring up on this podcast for a while. And I guess because I'm bringing it up on the last episode of the season, it's something that I want to be focused a bit more on in season two. And it's going to sound weird, but I'm just going to say it and then we're going to talk about it. And that's <laughs> the appearance in movie musicals of pigeons. Because there have been so uh, many. I know, I know you're looking at me and you're saying, We got to talk about the pigeons. We got to talk about the pigeons. I know. Because here's the deal Sam has literally walked away. He's gone off of Zoom. He's cancel cultured me so fast because I want to talk about movie musical pigeons. We are. Here, 
it we are just fully in a conspiracy theory that pigeons have invaded movie musicals is that what you're saying john okay well i wasn't gonna go that far but i like that direction i like that idea but the thing is to me there have been some really funny moments in a bunch of these musicals that we've talked about over the past few months that have had pigeons in them that i've been like oh my goodness that's a really funny moment with a pigeon but i've not brought it up and the today was the third was the third musical that I was like, no, I've seen too many pigeons in movie musicals <laughs> and we need to talk about the pigeons in the movie musicals. The obviously Jules, you just referenced the, the, the most notable one. Uh, the first, the OG puppet pigeon that we've talked about on this podcast was from the producers, but also you get pigeons in um, Moulin Rouge. I'm thinking specifically during the, um, like a virgin scene, as well as Roxanne. Sure. There's a lot of like pigeon flying around. You There's pigeons in a lot of movie musicals because pigeons are very synonymous with New York City. And so we get a lot of pigeons in like Mary Poppins. There's, there's a whole song about in, it in Mary Poppins. There is a whole the song about Mary Poppins. There's a lot of pigeons in Enchanted, which might we we might be talking about in season two. Mm. I, don't, I don't have any big conspiracy, but I just want to highlight on this podcast, anytime we talk about movie musicals or uh, pigeons in movie musicals. <laughs> okay. I, but there needs did, to be a new like pigeonometer on this on needs our, a pigeonometer and like you know a what? segment i, I almost i episode. want to tell you that like now that i'm thinking about it there is also pigeons in um guys and dolls there's a couple oh, of definitely pigeon pigeons guys and dolls and there's also pigeons in beauty and the beast like i'm telling you they're everywhere but yeah. all right now, join when, us in season two for the pigeon the pigeonometer the pigeons <laughs> Or pigeon a meter if you're from Canada. <laughs> pigeon a meter. <laughs> the pigeon. I'm not the pigeon a meter. Anyway, so let's move on to I think my favorite song in this Marley and Marley. So let's talk about Marley and Marley. Let's talk about Marley and Marley. <laughs> so here was my question. I don't remember. Were there always two Marleys? No, in the okay. original, there is it only is just one his Marley. partner Marley. And Can I tell you in, that the, I almost... in the original, they don't even sing. Yeah. Can <laughs> I tell you that I almost answered like, no, they're brothers because my 98% of my Christmas Carol references is are this. not from the book. It's from this. <laughs> it's like, you know, they're, they're brothers, Marley and Marley. Whoa! I just love it because Waldorf <laughs> and Sattler are like right up there. Top three of the favorites for Muppets for me. And this song is so catchy. Oh my God, it's so funny. Can I tell you that this this scene, Will, you kind of alluded to it earlier, but this series of him leaving the store and like op- and like opening the knocker and the knocker screaming at him and then him walking around this dark house with the candle and then the ghosts appearing and like the bells ringing, it scared the crap out of me as a kid. Oh, same. I This movie was scary. Like Muppets got scary. It did. We can talk about Dark Crystal another time, but that puppets are not always friendly. <laughs> and this song, this song is also great. The the we're Marley and Marley. <laughs> I just think that's all you need for a good chorus. I mean, that's the struggle. That's that's the frustration of it all, right? Because right now we're working on a musical, and and uh, I'm we're working on writing songs, and I'm like beating my head against the wall of like, how do I say what I want to say in a chorus? And these motherfuckers show up with just Marley and Marley. Whoa! Ooh. That's it. That's all you need. That's all you need. <laughs> 
Turns out it's a great song too. So like, um, it's amazing. We were talking about earlier on when we saw it at the very end. They kind of get further and further away, and they're like, "Ooh, Molly and Molly, ooh," and then they either say <laughs> change or they say chains at the and very it, end of the song. And it's difficult it's to know. It goes boom, chains, and like it's difficult because like on one hand, like they're telling him to change. But on the other hand, sure. there are a bunch of chains in the shot. But I don't know. It just seems like a weird thing for them to be like, chains! Like, by the way, <laughs> there's set dressing. Like, we just want to highlight it. Well done, the props department. Like, it's difficult to know. Yeah, I love a good one-word button. <laughs> sure. One-word button. I mean, like, button sure. one-word buttons are funny to me. Change! I never heard that before. If they said chains or change... Who knows? The sky is blue. This guy is blue. You know what I mean? Maybe one of them says chains and the other one's saying change. Uh, (laughs) Okay, maybe I'm reading into it too much. Can we? Okay, so this was my least favorite thing about this movie. The Ghost of Christmas Past is creepy as fuck looking. I was going to say the next thing that I noticed about watching it around this time is how fucking creepy the Ghost of Christmas Past is. So creepy. I hate it. Those Team America World Police (laughs) eyes. (laughs) <laughs> growing up watching this on the on the VHS I could never quite figure out what that whole situation was like because it was so fuzzy and it was on like an old CRT screen I guess like I didn't realize that the Ghost of Christmas Past was in fact also a Muppet like it just looked like some cool CGI, maybe even a real human child kind of thing. <laughs> and I saw it again recently on a high definition screen and I was like, oh, that, that bitch is a Muppet. That's a Muppet this with like a time. wedding veil But on she's her. like a creepy Muppet. It maybe like it's because she's Muppet. not furry at all. Is she's like filmed underwater or like, how do they get its like wisps to do that? It's like very cool. I think they must have, must not they? Something like that. You know, in the original, in the book, it's not a floating infant child. It is <laughs> Andrea an Martin. old man looking motherfucker with long golden hair who talks like a human child. And he has like a big candle snuffer with him that he like mm. carries around. That's not in the Muppet movie. And I think it could have benefited from it quite <laughs> Should frankly. Should have been. <laughs> um, in, the, in, the, in the scene of the ghost of Christmas past, um, is where I, I took the note, seeing the Marley brothers this time around, I realized how gay they are. Like, if this is literally just like the gay commentary, and I don't know if I'm just late to the party or if I'm like like reading into this too much, but those two queens up there on their balcony that are just commenting on the world <laughs> below them, I was like, this is the gay that I want to be in 20 years in Palm Springs. This They're basically... I feel like, you know, Oh Hello, the John Mulaney, Nick Kroll thing? Yes! I feel like those yes! characters are basically based on Sattler and Waldorf. <laughs> so there's just these two, like, we're going to give our opinions from the roof. <laughs> <laughs> They're so good. We get to see in, in the past, we get to see one of my other favorites, Sam the Eagle. I love him. Oh, it is the American way. <laughs> <laughs> so Sandy Eagle reminds me of the guy who plays the director in Smash. Oh my Never goodness, the angsty British guy. Yeah. Oh, I can see what you're saying if we're right? talking about him for Sam the Eagle. Yeah. Like, like a hot Sam the Eagle. <laughs> well, well we can. Sam the... You're saying <laughs> Sam the Eagle isn't already hot, Jules. Um... 
You yeah, know, we can talk about my love. His name is his name is Jack Davenport, and those oh, yes. dimples they just do it for me. Oh, he was in uh, two of the Pirates of the Caribbean's. Yeah, good for yeah. him. Good for him. Good for him. Anyway, anyways, that's who Eagle reminds me of. Just take one look at that unibrow, and it's like, mm. yeah, <laughs> so hot. And then Fozzie Wags, love Fozzie, always. Mm -hmm. I love that it's a rubber chicken factory so that it's like still hanging on to the Fozzie Muppets thing. (laughs) Not too precious about a Christmas Carol. This time I noticed that they did something fun with the costumes or they made them all like a bit older fashioned for all the Fezziwig stuff. Mm -hmm. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Actually took the time to like like the Muppets. To be like... So this scene is in this part of the Edwardian area, but this scene is like before that. <laughs> yeah, it, it's clear that it's like everyone's in Enlightenment era garb, and then we move into huh. fully like the 1800s for the rest of the movie. Interesting, That's amazing. That's so eagle-eyed Good catch. of you. But yeah, That's I guess Sam like there would have been a considerable amount of time between the two, between Scrooge being a young adult and Scrooge being. Michael Caine. Michael Caine mm-hmm. in 1992. Sure. Yeah, wow. So while we're talking about the ghost of Christmas past, there is a song in this third of the movie that was cut from the OG release and then put in, but then isn't on Disney+. Plus. Will, I know that you, you mentioned this song. Let's talk Let, about it. Let's have a chat about this song, shall we? So... You know, okay, I don't know if you guys have seen this song or heard this song or are aware of this song. It's a song called When Love Is Gone. And it happens, or was cut from the theatrical release, but it happens when the ghost of Christmas past is like, but I remember another Christmas with this girl. And they like travel to the little park and she's all like, mate, when are you gonna marry me? And he's all like, business continues to be poor. And she's like, you did love me once. And then in the movie, it just makes no sense. All of a sudden Rizzo and Gonzo are crying and so is Michael Caine. And it's like, no, keep me here no longer. And it's like, what did she, what did she say? She just said, she just, what? She like, leaves him. Right, like uh, she leaves him, but like, it's just very like, all of a sudden they're crying. I did think she was gonna die. (laughs) Like, it's like leading up to this moment, she's like, you did love me once. (gasps) And that's literally the moment where she breaks into the song, which is a beautiful song, Um, by the way. Look it up, When Love Is Can we just say, young Scrooge, super hot. hot. Super hot. hot. As is Freddy, Fred? Hot, he's a bit, hot he's a bit stiff and like. I like it. <laughs> well, I love yeah, a cordially stiff, invite a stiff you. British man. Mm. <laughs> I, I talk to me about business. He's not for me. He's not for me. But um, I'm glad you like him. I've always been really turned on by the name Ebenezer too. So. <laughs> yeah, there's a name I want to scream out. Mm-hmm. Even short, just calling somebody Eb or Knees is just terrible. Oh, Zermy. Oh, <laughs> ben would be the diminutive of that. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. There's a Ben Eben. hidden in there. Eben is a. Oh. Yeah. What's your name? Ben. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing else. How's, how's life? Never Not, ask me. It's been easier. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but we, we skipped over. We skipped over the Christmas party band, which has Animal, 
who oh, are very this own is my favorite part. Animal I who, love it. who try to show restraint in the in the carol and the right, triangle. So good. <sighs> and then they play a full on 1920s ragtime like <laughs> yeah. breakdown in the middle of this 18th century party. Like I'm loving the mashing. So, <laughs> so good, funny. but never explained. So <laughs> um, and then. You know, so then we move on to present, which I love the ghost of Christmas present. I love that he just repeats things and that's his thing. He's like, did I already say that? Yeah, I, I, I was just like, what that. is this and why is it so funny? I want to talk about this ghost of Christmas present. And why is the ghost of Christmas present so forgetful? Because uh, he's just living in the moment, right? Like he's like not thinking about the past. He's not thinking about the future. He's just living in the moment, and yeah, that's all he needs in life. I'm like, why is he so big and then not? He's just very present in the room. He's like, <laughs> there you are. His song is so much fun. That's just like, oh, that's just a fun Christmas song. Yeah, it is. And the mice make a comeback when he shrinks and goes into the mug's hole. Oh, yeah, they do. Oh, how wonderful. Yeah, I have a theory, and I might be, again, this might just be me reading way too much into this, but I have this idea that, like, the, he's so forgetful, kind of to, like, what you alluded to earlier, like, him being, in, like, in the present of, like, during Christmas time, we just kind of like need to forget our problems or like our disagreements or our grievances with one another and be like, can we just have like a day where we're present and forgetful? And maybe this is 2020 mindfulness, John Foss Christ coming <laughs> at you. But um, I think that that there might be something to, to, to think about when we're like all Christmassy, like back with our families and maybe our families don't agree with us ideologically or politically. And just kind of be like, can we just like forget that for a day and, and be present and love one another? And then on Boxing Day, we can box each other for having a <laughs> view. But but is, is there something there? I don't know. This might just be Stoner Jonathan. I don't know, but that's lovely. How um, nice. Notably, um, one of uh, some of these characters that we've just been talking about, Miss Piggy, Fozzie Bear, Sam the Eagle, Animal, all voiced by Frank Oz. Yeah. Frank Oz voiced them? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, Frank Oz. Definitely going to be a future crossover. This won't be the last time we talk about Frank Oz on this Oh, podcast. no. This sweet, adorable song that Tiny Tim and Kermit sing on their mm-hmm. way home. Tis a season to be jolly and joyous. It's it so sweet. So <laughs> sweet. I will say that watching it this time around, um, I I was able to first clock Michael Caine's like the the things that he was saying in before the dream of like Christmas is awful and anyone who says Merry Christmas should be burned with the turkey and and like love is just as silly as Merry Christmas and 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 kind of that. Um, that like vitriol and i'm like oh god this was so much darker than i remember Mm -hmm. and then the exact opposite was this song where it's like oh this is much like more joyous than i remember and they weren't like oh we we're sad because you know we're i'm gonna die soon and we're poor it's like no we still need to love each other and be kind and, and 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 share the joy of christmas and i was like oh this movie talks to me in such a different way as an adult watching mm. it in a lot of different ways. And this is one of them. So in the Christmas present, they play games 
do you all have a favorite Christmas game that you play? They say yes and no, which is basically 20 questions. And I love it. <laughs> Not as good as boo. Yeah. <laughs> I love that whole scene, to be honest, where we're like all of a sudden transported into this like weird environment where like the two grodiest, most disgusting dinosaur monster lizard looking <laughs> fucking muppets yeah. are there playing like genteel games and like having a little bitch about Ebenezer with their friends <laughs> like, it always stood out to me when I watched it as a kid as like this just an odd slightly off color scene where it's like let's get the ugly ones around for a little bitch about the local landowner shall we like <laughs> I did think it was very mean and sad, though. Very yeah. mean and sad. Well, that's, that's Scrooge. Did he deserve it? Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah you're right. Ebenezer yeah. Scrooge, you're a bit of a dick. <laughs> a bit of a dick. You got you your just desserts. Uh, do we have anything else to say about the the? Oh, Christmas, Christmas games. Present? I'm a big salad bowl person. Salad bowl? <laughs> just, yeah, or celebrity. You guys know it. Oh, celebrity. I was envisioning us all churning a salad bowl, drying the salad. <laughs> is that what you so like fun? That salad put, spinner. Is that where you put <laughs> the thing on your head? No, it's where everyone writes down a bunch of things and puts them in a bowl, and then you're trying to get your teammates to guess what they are. Jeez. It's super fun. Check it out this Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> I'm curious if there's a way to play that virtually because we're in 2020 Christmas. Like, uh, how can you play that in a not. virtual sense? I don't know. I bet there would be a way to do it. You can figure it yeah, out. I think you Get got your bubble together. Play salad bowl. My family, we play this really dry economic board game called Acquire. Yeah. And it's, Acquire. It is, it's like not family friendly. I mean, it's not like brutal, <laughs> it's just that it's like not exciting. It sounds and like off-brand Monopoly. Acquire. acquire <laughs> the game is to acquire. <laughs> we, you acquire stocks, and then oh. you like sell those stocks at different points to make oh. certain amounts of money. God, this game sounds horrible. This game and, sounds like Root. No, it, it's, it's easier to play than Root, but it, similarly, like you're not going to know how to win if you've never played. <laughs> um, right. but it's just this game that we play every year and so it's like a really big thing you have if you win you're pretty good you know like wow. I, remember <laughs> I was the youngest in my family so to like eventually win the family game of acquire means that i have finally become a man oh my God. and now i win every time because i'm a board gamer so i definitely yeah. can beat them all the time. anything else present. to say about the ghost of christmas present besides the fact that if i were to play anyone in this movie it would be this character yeah. <laughs> for sure come and know me better man <laughs> um i don't know if we're gonna move on to the future depressing oh, yeah sad shit yeah. Also, I hated the spider. It. it looked like the spider from Cockroach Poker, which I hate because I hate any spider thing. The spider, yeah, not a great spider. And he's also kind of like, he looks like he's up to no good as well. Like, he's kind of like... Well, he's buying Ebenezer's right. shit, right? Hella shifty. Hella shifty. Hella shifty. Um, so before we get to the spider, I have two... I, I, I have, There's two moments that require one bad pun. And it's that this this scene that's in between the present and the future, they go to a cemetery 
And I call this cemetery the cinefectary because there's two great cinema effects that takes place in a cemetery. Oh my God. The first <laughs> cinefectary is the sparkles on the present ghost as he disappears. Oh. I loved that. Because they're so, it's like the only thing it that's literally like looks so... like the VFX supervisor was like, so... ah, I'll give this one to my child. Because <laughs> everything, like the puppets and everything are done so practically and amazing. Yeah. Uh-huh. So to have just this one really bad animated effect. Oh yeah. boy. Yeah. And then the second effect we see is like the spiral vortex that leaves the, the cemetery and goes into the streets where this creepy spider is. They walk through this like, Oh yeah, vortex. with the with the ghost of Christmas, whatever Future. it is. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they go through this little like whirling, like swishy. Yeah, I know what you're. I'm with you. Thank I you. Know what you're it's an effect about. cemetery. Yeah, a cemetery. I really wish you'd stop. Saying Thank you that. so much for pointing that no. out, John. <laughs> no, I'm gonna say it until you all laugh, Sam. <laughs> Sam, I've laughed. I'm just on mute. Please move on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna um, edit this so that you all laugh at the very first time that I say this, and I don't have to pry so to get rude. you to laugh at my joke. Oh, I really hope God. you do. I really hope you do. That. <laughs> well, we'll see if this stays in. <laughs> oh boy. The the what's to say about the future? What is there to say about the ghost of Christmas future? It's just sad. It's a Creep. bummer. I, it, it reminds me of like Bread and Puppet. Are you any of you all familiar with the theater company Bread and Puppet? No. Are you familiar with the musical Across the Universe, which might be coming yes. for us season two? The benefit of Mr. Kite when they're all in like these big, yes. like the big puppets. Yes. And a lot of the puppets are like hands. Bread and Puppet is a theater company. I want to say it's either in upstate New York mm-hmm. or it's out in like Massachusetts, Connecticut, somewhere in that area. They do like big puppets like that. But there's like some of their puppets don't have faces, but they just have hands. It's crazy. And that's what this this Ghost of Christmas Future reminds me of. They don't have faces. Oh. They just have hands. If that's not the most don't terrifying worry thing it. I've heard all day. This movie is scary. I will not apologize. We all saw Pan's Labyrinth. It's creepy. Talk about an acid trip in a public All right. Show. What else happens in this movie? We see the eventual return to grace of Michael Caine and all is well with the world. I think that's the- Yeah. I love that Beaker gives him a red scarf to add a splash of color. Yeah. Me, 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 I love me, Beaker. Me, 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 me. He's great. While we're talking about those two, what's the other the other character that's always with Beaker? I was Professor Honeydew. So I'm Professor Honeydew, and the in the opening scene that we see him where he's asking uh, Scrooge for, for money, he does this thing where he says, so how much money can we put you down for? And he puts his hand or his elbow on the table and his hand on his face. And he does this kind of like, <laughs> so, it's a visual gag for an audio podcast. It's so funny though. He like, so, and he like, he like taps, taps his, fingers his fingers on his, on his cheeks. His <laughs> He's like, how much can we put you so down good. for? I was like, that's a nuance that I'm here for. Oh, we bring back Homeless Bunny, as we've already mentioned. Homeless Bunny, who carries a turkey that's twice my size? (laughs) I love him. I love Homeless Bunny. 
while we're oh, in, and we get Michael Caine gets to sing finally. We finally get well, a Michael. He would have gotten song. to sing earlier on if the song wasn't taken out from the cemetery. They sing a song in the cemetery, or is it a part? Is it, it but it's young. Part. It's young Ebenezer, right? No, no, no. Michael Caine sings oh. the song. Yeah. My bad. Look it up. I must admit Look it up. that so so Look Will and I watched this movie the whole way through. Will was upset that, that song was not included in the version that's on Disney Plus. Upset is an understatement. <laughs> Get your act together, Disney Plus. And he's British, so that's extra. And so we watched it on YouTube, and I kid you not, and then Will, you're gonna run over to and punch me, but I fell asleep while watching this song. And I was like, <laughs> He's coming. He's coming. Oh. I'm, I'm not going to do it when there's video evidence. I'm not an idiot. <laughs> but I fell asleep. That's all I'm going to say about that missing song. But we do love this Michael Caine number at the end. He's so happy and friendly. Has and he does, he does that like color. talk singing thing as well. That like a lot of celebrities who are in roles where they have to sing a bit, but you can yeah. tell that they're not singers and they're like- The old Rex to, Harrison. I'm yeah, we all saw Buffy. Funky, and everyone will be okay with the fact that this is me singing. That's yeah, Uma Thurman. <laughs> do, 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 do. Mm, so rude. <laughs> So we see Michael Caine all of a sudden. Um, uh, I love the scene where he opens, he knocks on Kermit the Frog's door and he's like, I didn't see you at work this morning. And then it's a whole ploy. And like, Miss Piggy's like, hold my purse. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to give him a word of my thoughts. And um, a word uh, of my thoughts. That's the most Charles Dickens thing that I could think of saying right now. Uh-huh. Have we talked about how great this mold wine is? <laughs> Oh God! Let's talk about this change. Like, what? Where? At what point do you think that Scrooge in this movie changes to loving Christmas? I think quite selfishly. I don't like. He's he's not all about the ghosts visiting him from the start, is he? Like from the moment that Marley and Marley rock up, he's like, oh, I'm having a bad time, and it doesn't really stop from there. He doesn't have any moments of contemplation. So I think that like the whole thing as a convinces him to change his mind. But I think that if there were a single moment that like really drove it home, that was like, okay, commit to this plan to change. It's probably seeing the spider rooting through all of his old (laughs) stuff. And can't we all say the same, that if we were to see a spider hawking off our stuff after we died through some premonition- I would say, I knew it. Right? I'd be like, fucking spiders. I I I knew I was scared of them for a reason. Mom told me I was being a pussy because I was Damn, afraid of the black You are of them bollocks. That's so from my life. So there's a deep question that's lying under this in this scene, right? That right after the spiders, when he sees him, his uh, name on the tombstone, Ebony. Re- I'll try that again. <laughs> Ebony Scrooge asks the ghost of Christmas future, he says, is this destiny or can this be changed? And I'm curious what you think of that. Discuss. Hmm. I mean, he dies eventually because he's a human being. From a long time ago. Jules, I Um, hate to break this to you, but he's a fictitious character. (gasps) Charles Dickens. (laughs) Not hot young Ebenezer. I think so. I think that yeah, it is explicitly implied that he 
avoids an untimely demise. Um, although I think that like in the movie, they make it seem a bit like he like died before his time and suddenly, whereas in the book, it's less that he died suddenly. And it's more that like upon the time of his eventual passing, he sees that people didn't celebrate his life right like yeah. mm. i think the point in the, mo- in, in the movie becomes like oh no you died because you were mean about christmas and whereas in the book it's more kind of like when you eventually die as all people do people are going to be like arguing over your bed sheets or whatever like that's mm-hmm. more the moral but i i think that i think that in the because it's also explicitly stated certainly in the movie i don't remember from the book but where they're like and tiny tim who did not Not die die. (laughs) (laughs) he's actually still immortal he's he's hanging out just this little crippled frog hopping around london feeling angry about the state of affairs singing christmas carols in november (laughs) you know why not that takes us to the end of the movie so my question is what is your favorite song from this musical and then piggyback it Miss Piggyback it. What is your favorite? What is your favorite Christmas song? Because it's Christmas. Ooh, I'll go first so no one can steal mine. <laughs> if you steal mine, I'm still gonna say it. I think Marley and Marley is my favorite song in the show. Mm-hmm. And well, I know Sam's, and it's also one of my faves, but I'll leave it for him. I would say probably have yourself a merry little Christmas mm. if I'm if I'm feeling like nostalgic and Christmassy, and then for fun, of course, Mariah Carey. All I want for Christmas, All for is, Christmas is you. Yeah, nice. All right, Sam. What about you? Um, I'm gonna go with the opening number here, Scrooge. Um, mm-hmm. just, just I, how fantastic everything is. I love that. And yes, my favorite Christmas song is called "Christmas" in parentheses. Baby, please come home. I love that the old doo-wop girls Christmas, the Phil Spector Christmas album. Mm-hmm. Uh, actual attempted murder or actual murderer, actual murderer Phil Spector, yeah. his Christmas yeah. album is the best Christmas album to listen to. It is oh, so good. We can do a deep dive about Phil Spector, because I... I... We'll Not tonight. Not tonight, though. <laughs> Kyle, what about you? I'm kind of torn. I love the party song that Animal plays in, just because that's like, <laughs> it's just so much fun to see like the band. But I also love One More Sleep Till Christmas. I think it's yeah. like, so sweet. Mm. I think overall, my favorite Christmas carol is Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. Uh, there's famously a Sesame Street Christmas musical episode that I had a cassette tape for that I listened to as a child like a million and a half times. And uh, there's a really lovely Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas on that cassette tape. So hmm. it's it's forever been my favorite carol. <laughs> for me, my favorite song is as also There's Only One More Sleep Till Christmas. There's just like, it's Christmas Eve traditions. Like, I love Christmas traditions, sure, but Christmas Eve traditions to me are like super great. Um, so I love that song. And then I would say my favorite Christmas song of all is Carol of the Bells. Ugh. Ooh, it's the best me, like, thing. Any kind of any kind of dramatic Christmas music. Will you'll soon discover this. On top of <laughs> there's only one more single Christmas Eve songs. There's also just like from November 25th to December 25th, it's dramatic orchestral Christmas music. Have fun, Will. <laughs> Carol of the Bells. Great. I have about 25 different versions of Carol of the Bells. <laughs> oh and my God. you're gonna you're gonna learn and love all of them. Am Will, I now? What's your favorite? From this so movie, my, 
favorite from this movie is When Love Is Gone, which was <laughs> the one that got cut. When this song is gone. <laughs> if you right, Jesus. But in future releases, they did put it on. So I don't know why Disney Plus doesn't have it. And I'm really, really upset about the whole situation because they realized the error of their ways and they put it back in when they oh released the VHS. Yeah. Oh, uh, so that's my favorite song. And my favorite Christmas song overall, there's a song called, <laughs> that you will get to know, that you've already heard, probably heard me singing. Uh, there's a song called Tomorrow Shall Be My Dancing Day. And no, yeah, I know it's no, I know it's November because Will sings tomorrow shall be my dancing day. I sing it all fucking year, mate. Like there's, it's always tomorrow's always going to be my ruddy dancing day. It doesn't but, say Christmas shall be my dancing day. Uh, so that's my favorite Christmas song because the, there's there's a tomorrow shall be my dancing day for every occasion. It's got old fashioned, weird sounding lyrics, and it's a bop. It's a bop. I want for the last thing we do to everyone go around and say the name Michael Caine in your best Michael Caine impression. <laughs> I'll start. No, no, no. You have to say my name is Michael okay. Caine. Okay. Rest. My name is Michael Caine. <laughs> that was surprisingly good. <laughs> Next. My name is Michael Caine. <laughs> you oh sound like God. you're like hawking some kind of newspaper like hear ye hear ye Michael Caine <laughs> wins the election <laughs> <laughs> alright John your turn my name is Michael Caine okay. Michael Caine I told Kine. you my British accent is subpar at best I feel like Kyle's will be pretty good you're oh don't get your hopes up <laughs> my name is Michael Caine wasn't bad so bad so okay. bad well, he's got okay. that like very but i save dry, obviously like... we save will for last because... yeah will you got home tongue advantage can you bring it home my name is michael kane it's pretty that's good probably it's probably the best his accent was did you put great. some more grizzle in it as if he was like 85 as if he was 85 yeah. <laughs> yes he's 85 will can you yeah. play him 85 not 1985 he is 85 i think that's beyond my powers i don't you're a professional can... voice artist will <laughs> play him like he's 85 <laughs> oh my god come on <laughs> my day <laughs> it's i can't i can't I he's can't not really. a smoker <laughs> that was horrible <laughs> He's probably pretty close to 85 now. Well, I haven't spoken to him recently. <laughs> Don't you all know each other? Wow. Okay. Well, um, on that note, do we have any last thoughts? That'll be my magnum opus. One day in many years, I will have perfected my 85-year-old Michael Caine voice. <laughs> I can't wait. My name is Michael Caine. That was pretty That's good. My name. All right. That man over there is selling. Is it cucumbers? <laughs> I can't tell. Who's shouting about them? <laughs> um, I love it. <laughs> All right. Let's wrap this up. Yeah, Listeners, please. thank you for sticking with us through our deep dive of Muppets Christmas Carol. This is our last episode of the season. Oh, yeah. Except. Join us next week 
We're going to have a, a special look back on all of the episodes that we've done this past season. We're going to do a clip show. I was going to say, gonna our favorites. Clip show? there's going to be a clip show. There's going to be our favorites. Will you might make a guest appearance, but not in person, just as a clip. <laughs> um, uh, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to you all. Share this with your friends and family on Christmas. That's all I have to say. All right. Bye. Merry Christmas, you podcast listeners. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Do we have Joshua? Santa or Ju- oh, yes. Oh yeah, Merry Christmas, guys. I know I haven't been around a lot lately, but that doesn't mean I don't love you. Josh, have you been gargling coal? Gargling coal. That's what it sounds like. Yes. No, he just sounds 85. You want to hear it, 85? Hold on, let me dial up the age meter here. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. Thanks, Josh. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening to the podcast. You can keep up to date with us by going to thicketandthistle.org. If you liked what you heard, please follow us on your social media app of choice. We are pretty easy to find. <laughs>